Numbers chapter 11 this morning. If you brought a Bible, Numbers chapter 11, in a day and age where no matter what, where you're at, most of the time in a church service, a church service will try to go higher and higher and higher and build and build and build. And I appreciate that song <clears throat> because that's the right way to do it. Sometimes you just got to be still. It's not about emotion. Thankful for emotions. Thankful for the ability to praise the Lord. But that song is a powerful song and it reminds you and I that a lot of times the Lord just wants us to be still. A great song. Both are great songs. Appreciate that, sis. Numbers chapter 11. It's ironic that the, we are here where we're at today. When you find Numbers chapter 11, you and I will read three verses together. You can stand with me once you find Numbers chapter 11. I'd like to read the first three verses and then go home. <laughs> but I guess we'll preach first. Numbers chapter 11. Would you read all three with me? It might be a, a feat, but I think we can do it. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, the Bible says, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them, and consumed them that were in the uttermost part of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Tibera, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. Brother Jim Jacobs, would you ask the Lord's help in the preaching? <clears throat> Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. I'd like to turn to two more passages of Scripture, read two more verses, and then get back into our text. Could you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10? Paul speaks about this very place in Numbers chapter 11 that we just went to. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to give you that verse. It's 10.10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 10. I'd just like to read that verse to you. I'd like to let you see how that thing ties into what uh, the Holy Scripture tells you in the book of Numbers, it's the same account. And if you have that place, I'll just pause just a little more to get you the time to get there. I want you to be able to get these couple verses, tie them together. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 10, Paul says, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Ain't that something? In Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, they complain. And Paul defines it as murmuring. Now, they're very synonymous in nature. Can I give you one more passage of Scripture? And I want to show you why I believe it's so important for us to look at this today. Romans chapter 15, just one book back, just a few chapters back. Romans chapter 15. Maybe just a little bit different start to how we normally do it. But I think the Lord has a reason for it. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. And while you're turning there, the irony of the message that the Lord wants me to preach this morning is the day that my boys are not here and Brother Cole's not here and you realize how much everyone helps out 
in the service. So I'm running back and forth like, like a goofball, you know, making noises and all this stuff. And I'm, I got to get up and preach about complaining. <laughs> the Lord's funny, ain't he? Maybe not to you, but he is to me. Romans chapter 15, verse 4, the Bible says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, like Old Testament, right? Aforetime were written for our learning. We, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. I show you that verse of Scripture this morning because not many people in today's church, if you could say it like that, a, a lot of people like to stay away from the Old Testament. I'm going to tell you what, where the truth is at and where the riches of the Scriptures at is going to be found in those Old Testament stories that you can personally and spiritually apply to you. Now, we're all about doctrine, and if you're here on Sunday school, and if you're here on Sunday night and Wednesday night, and you love that book, you know this is going to be almost our third time going through the Pauline epistles, and we march through that stuff, and we teach it line upon line, here a little and there a little, and we don't hold back, but you and I need to be busy about that Old Testament as well. We're saved by grace through faith, but where you and I are going to find comfort and patience of the Scriptures is going to be those Old Testament stories. So go back to Numbers chapter 11. I, I want to preach a little bit if the Lord will let me. And uh, I'm trying to come out of the gate real sweet. But I, if I could just be honest with you, sometimes as a pastor, you, it's all about exhortation, right? And exhortation is positive. Exhortation is encouragement. Exhortation is trying to stir you up to something right. That kind of preaching I enjoy. Some preaching is just reproof. And we're... Uh, Bible-believing preachers get a bad name sometimes because reproof is negative. And reproof is necessary preaching that you need to hear what is wrong with this world and what is wrong with you. That's part of the pastor's job is to reprove you. Just like you would reprove your kids and say, Look, you're not going to his house because he's a monster. <laughs> right? And you're going, But I want to go play cars. And parents are like, no, you're not going over there. Because if you go over there in 10 years, you'll be in jail. And you ain't going over there. What is it? That's just reproof. They're not mad at you. It's just, look, you have to be told sometimes what is wrong with something. Because why? You forget. You don't remember. Or you don't know. You and I have to be told what's wrong with this world. Not opinion, but what that book says. And all the part of the job of a preacher is to rebuke. I'm going to say this message might land between reproof and a rebuke. And if you, you know what a rebuke is, right? When you're just getting it. It's your turn. And as a kid, every once in a while, it's my turn. You say, what'd you do? I didn't do nothing about it. I just took it. You say, what are you saying? We got preach on complaining this morning. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, soft step and soft pedal. But there's some things that have to be said from the scriptures this morning. And I want you to know, as your pastor, I care about you, but I also care about you enough to tell you the truth about complaining. Now, before uh, us this morning, in just three verses, a very important piece of history. I believe in history. I like history. I know some of y'all can't stand history. That's all right. I like history. From the nation of Israel, the Lord's brought them out. You know where they're at, right? We've gone through the book of Exodus. Now we've uh, skip the book of Leviticus for right now, but we pick it up in Numbers right where we left off in Exodus. The Lord's brought him out of the land of Egypt. Amen? Pharaoh, he's a dead man. He don't exist no more. Uh, I don't care what Hollywood told you. Uh, he didn't make it. 
he'd done at the bottom of the Red Sea. He was uh, fish food. That's what Pharaoh was. TV lie to you every time. Just like if you try to believe the account of Noah that Hollywood put out back in 2012 or whatever the fire was. They just lied like a dog to you. Put all this garbage in there about talking rocks and all that stuff. The, the world will always lie to you. You've got to remember that. That's why the Bible says in Galatians chapter 1-4, it calls it this present evil world. And whenever the Lord addresses the world, it's always negative. You've got to remember that. Why? Because you're brought up in a very positive world. But this world system where you and I live, it's negative. It's evil. It's no good. So here we are. <clears throat> the Lord has brought the nation of Israel out of, the, out of the land of Egypt, and they're headed to the promised land. You know where you're headed this morning if you're saved? You headed to the promised land. And you're going to get there one way or the other. The grave or the rapture. I'd like to go over the upper taker, not the undertaker. Amen? I really would. But if I get one of them crazy diseases, I mean, just, put me up, just take me out back and shoot me, as Brother Mick used to say. Amen? But even though Israel has everything they need, now that's funny, y'all can laugh at that. I want you to notice in verse 1, they begin to complain. Think about what I just said with the scriptures. They have everything they need. They have food. They have water. They have clothing. And the Bible says later on in the book of Deuteronomy, I believe that their, their foot never swelled one time. Can you imagine going 40 years in the wilderness and not have swollen feet? That's a pretty good gig. I'd like to go one day without a swollen knee. Amen. And even though Israel had everything they need, they begin to complain. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, which you and I read, they begin to murmur. I'd like to preach a message this morning, if I can, about your complaining and your murmuring. And I want to show you real quick from the Scripture. This is a real simple message. It might take a minute to set it up, but the points are bat, bat, and it's just real quick, real easy, and you probably already see the points right in the Scripture. But I want to show you from the Scriptures what God thinks about your complaining and about your murmuring. You're ready, aren't you? Let's go get it, preacher. Well, what is complaining? Well, if you want to be a smart man, you look at Webster's Dictionary, don't you? And complain means to utter expressions of grief, uneasiness, censure. I had to define that word. You ever go to a dictionary and find out you have to define three words to get a, def a definition? That's me. I'm like, okay, three words, four words. Resentment, to find fault, to gripe. What does murmur mean? About the same thing, to grumble, a low growl. I'll tell you what, man, I'm sick and tired of them. I'll tell you what, man. Well, tell me, just don't say it so I can hear it. That murmuring is to utter sullen discontentment. Where I want to show you real first of all, just, there ain't no easy way to put it. When you complain, it displeases the Lord. That's the first thing. Verse 1, look at it with me. Bible says, when the people complain, it displeased the Lord. How about that? So if I look at the scriptures and I believe every word, that book says, when you complain, it displeases the Lord. Well, what does the word displease mean? What's well, the opposite of bringing in pleasure? Revelation chapter 4.11 tells us, you know this, that we were created for His pleasure. That is, you and I were created to put a smile on His face. And when you complain, it's the opposite. When you bellyache, when you mully grub, when you fuss, when you gripe, it's the opposite. Have a good time, aren't we? When you complain, it displeases the Lord. And what you need to understand this morning is 
you're complaining, not only does it displease, if you look up the definition of displease, it means to offend. You ever stop and think when you complain it offends the Lord? How about this? Displease means to disgust. You ever been disgusted? Ugh. Spell that, would you? P and six Fs and one T. Disgust. It offends him, it disgusts him, and that word displease means irritate. You ever stop and just think when you complain to somebody, your beautiful bride, your handsome husband, you complain, the Lord's up there getting irritated like 60 grit sandpaper. He's up there just getting irritated. Well, preacher, I don't believe that. I don't care what you believe. That's what the book says, man. It displeased the Lord. When they complained, he was displeased. He was not happy. He didn't say, oh, tell me, I understand your problem. It's okay. He was displeased. He was irritated. He was offended. And he was disgusted. Just like some of you when your beautiful significant other starts complaining. That's the only way I know how to put it. When you complain this morning, it displeases the Lord. Of course, I said in Revelation 4.11 that you and I were created for the pleasure of Jesus Christ. We were specifically created just to bring a smile upon His face. And I've said this before and I've heard it preached that if you can put a smile on the Lord Jesus Christ's face today, you've done your duty. But I'm going to tell you this. If you complain, it ain't getting her done. Because complaining displeases the Lord. Complaining displeases the Lord. And it's our job to please the Lord, isn't it? It's our job to love the Lord. It's our job to live for the Lord. It's our job to be a blessing to others. It's not our job to complain. And here we find Israel doing it. They got everything they need. You know what they didn't have? They didn't have what they wanted. But they had what they needed. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Every once in a while He gives you your wants too. Isn't that a blessing? Amen like NASCAR? That's funny right there. That's wants. Right? Like your favorite meal she'll fix. That's a want. Oh, don't preach her. I need that. I know you think you need it, but that's a want. And she'll fix it for you every once in a while. And he'll get you flowers and chocolate and whatever, a vacuum, and then he's in the doghouse for a month. But you know what I mean? But the children of Israel complained to displease the Lord. You need to start realizing today, Christian, and I, maybe a little sugar will go a long way. You know, they say a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. I'd like to be able to laugh a little bit, but even in the underlying laughter, you and I are going to have to come to the grips and realization that when you and I complain to each other, to those around us, The Lord is not happy. There's no pretty way to put it. And I know it's a dirty thing to preach on Sunday morning because you all are replaying the the last six hours. You're like, oh, I'm in trouble now. Right? And yes, I was super careful this morning because I knew what I was preaching. (laughs) So I look like an angel, but y'all know I ain't. Can I give you some examples this morning? You get out of bed and you complain about how you can't get no sleep. Right? Get out of bed. Oh, 
And it's not just like I, I get you, you're getting older, but you complain about you not getting enough sleep, and then you start complaining how your wife she snored so loud you thought it was the alarm clock. No, actually, it was you, the husband. And then you complained because the alarm kept going off. And then you got up and you went, oh, stinking northern Michigan winter. It's not winter yet, but you think it is. You say, what are you saying? Well, you complain about the weather no matter what season it's in. I'm saying this as I refresh our feeble memories that you and I complain a whole lot more than you realize. You say, well, why you got to just tell us what we're doing wrong? Because I don't think sometimes you realize how much you do complain. You say, well, what business is it of yours? It ain't none of my business, but it doesn't, it doesn't please him. That's what I'm saying this morning. As your pastor, I'm saying, your complaining displeases the Lord. Oh, yeah, oh. Complain about a snoring, you complain about the alarm going off, you complain about the weather. Complain about the government, even if your guy is in the outhouse. I mean, White House. Amen? You're going to complain. Somewhere there's some candidate you don't like. And you're going to complain. Well, preacher, I'm an American. It's my... Really now. So what you're saying then, is it's your right to displease the Lord? You see how easy it is to cross your Americanisms with your Christianity? Is it really your right? As an American, yes. But will you displease the Lord when you complain? You better believe it, Buster. And Israel complained and displeased the Lord. I'm just trying to show you this morning real quick. This, this message is so elementary, it's going to irritate you, like 60-grit sandpaper. Because some of you, the Lord had done had it with you. Amen? As the one feller said, the Lord's about ready to take his shoe off and wear you out. Why? All you do is complain. I know who's preaching the message. I know what i got to face later. But your complaining displeases the Lord. We're just getting started this morning. Amen? Well, from there, you go complaining about him leaving the toilet seat up in the bathroom. And then when you get in there, down goes the toilet seat. And then someone forgot to put toilet paper in there. So what do you do? You calmly and kindly do this dance and put... No, you complain and let everybody in the house know that someone didn't put toilet... Or if they did, they didn't put it the right way. Because that is a mortal sin. Just kidding. No such thing as that. And then you might complain about how long she was in the bathroom. Or how long she took to get ready. How about this one, guys? Then you complain about how many times she changes her clothes. You ever stop to think that if you treated her a little bit better, you might pay her a few more compliments on how pretty she was and is? She might not be so stinking insecure, buddy. My clothes? Oh, no, preacher, you way out. I'll put you out to pasture. But you complain about how many times she changes. 
say, what are you doing? I'm just reliving the first six hours of my morning. No, just kidding. Your morning. I'm hitting somebody. I know I am. And then, since she can't be left out, she's going to complain about how many times you don't pick up your underwear and socks. And how many times you don't make the bed. See, I mean, just... It's like, uh, who just retired? Federer? It's like Federer and Djokovic. Boom. You know, servant. Boom. You know, back and you complain and she complains and you complain and it just gets more fierce. So finally, like, wham! And now you broke her heart because you're an idiot. Amen. But you're complaining displeased. I was thinking, believe it or not, The reason we complain is because we're a people, according to Romans chapter 1, verse 21, you can read it later, that are no longer thankful. You see, God's been so good to you. God's been so good to us. And He's given us eternal life. He died on the cross for my sins, for your sins. He's given you breath and He didn't charge you. He's promised you a home in heaven. You have the mind of Jesus Christ the moment you trust Him as your Savior. He's given you a brand new body the moment you die or get raptured out of here. The latter, I'm sorry. And yet now you just think you deserve it. And I was thinking the reason we complain is because as a Christian we're no longer thankful. Not only that, but in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 If I remember correctly, Paul said, let your conversation be without covetousness. How does that go from there? Yeah, exactly. I was just trying to see if someone knew it. Objection, Your Honor. Be content with such things as you have. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm just saying this morning, when we complain, it displeases the Lord. And many times we complain because we're not thankful. We think we deserve that, what we have, and more. And we're not content. God has blessed us so much, hasn't He? No, preacher, you don't... No, I, I get there's one-offs. I get there's an exception to the rule. But the exception doesn't prove the rule. He's been so good to you. He's been so gracious. He's been so long-suffering. And now you just want more. So every time you get hung up or off the rail, you complain. I'm trying to just let you take a look at your own life for a minute. You say, well, that's a fine way to start the message. We ain't done yet. All right, when you complain, it displeases the Lord. That's number one. Not only that, but number two, you complain, the Lord hears it every time. See how simple this is? That's in verse one, by the way. If you want a title for this message, is the Lord heard it. That's it. Number one, your complaining displeases the Lord. Number two, concerning your complaining, the Lord heard it. The Lord hears every single time you complain. Verse one says, When the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. Can I show you one verse in Isaiah 59? Isaiah 59, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 59, and verse 1. Bible says here, Isaiah 59, 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Right? You know that. There ain't nothing the Lord can't do. Amen? And then it says this, Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Can I just remind you, what I know you already know, is every time you complain, the Lord hears it. 
I know this is not a shouting message. This is not a barn burner. Ain't no one going to run the aisles. I'm just trying to get you to think this morning that when you complain, it displeases the Lord. And when you complain, He is going to hear it. Here's the thing I know. I've only been married 26 years. But here's what happens. When we complain, we tune each other out, don't we? Be like, oh, here's, she's complaining about the toilet seat again. <laughs> you know. And then every once in a while, it'll rile you up a little bit, right? All you ever do is complain. Your mother was right. You know? And all that stuff. And all of a sudden, you hear your kids complain. You just like totally ignore that. <laughs> they got more than they deserve. You just ignore it. But guess what? Guess who's not ignoring it? Guess who remembers everything you say? The Lord. You see the gravity of it this morning? I'm pausing because I want to make sure you're thinking with me this morning. You say, well, you're over. I'm not emphasizing it enough. We just kind of graze by this stuff and we just automatically assume that everyone's, you know, because we're in church and we're clean and we smell nice, and I hope you do actually, and, and all that stuff, that none of us complain. But the fact of the matter is if we were to tally the complaints from our congregation, including your preacher and everyone in here today, we would be flabbergasted. And it displeases the Lord. And sometimes you wonder why your prayers aren't getting answered. Why? Because when you complain, it's sin. You ever stop and think of how much unconfessed sin a Christian has going around? You ever sometimes in the middle of the week just don't feel as close to the Lord as maybe you did on a Sunday or a Wednesday? What's wrong, Lord? The Lord's like, I don't know, I've got about 600 complaints here. I'm about ready to knock you in the skull over. And you want to love on me and sing, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And you complained all the way to church? And you were fighting like Machine Gun Kelly and whoever else in the car with her. And then you walk into, oh, so good to see you today. You, just, you liar! <laughs> I'm just saying this morning, when you complain, it displeases the Lord. And number two, when you complain, the Lord hears it every time. Are, are, we, are we making sense this morning? I mean, is, it's not too deep, is it? Not too difficult. It's like, look, you're a stinking complainer and you know it. And the Lord hears it. It's, it's, it's not a big deal if I know that you're a complainer because you know I'm a complainer. But what's, what's degrading and what is terrible and what's despicable is that the Lord hears every complaint. Now listen, if you were thinking when you were complaining that the Lord was you wouldn't have opened your yap. But you forget, you tune out, you let the flesh speak. You're like, Lord, I'll talk to you later, right? Like next year. And you just get on to complaining like you, it's all you can ever do. And you don't realize how much you really complain. Where were we at? Where were we at? Okay, you're in the car. That's where I left you. I left you in the car. Remember? I'm going through your morning. You get in the car and complain because someone forgot to put the seat back. Or how about this? You get in the car, you go, oh, they forgot to put the seat forward. You know, you're five foot nothing. Sorry. Why don't you put the seat up? I'm not talking about the bathroom. We already covered that. We're talking about the car. Right? And then you get in the car. Oh, I just can't believe how much trash is in this car. Y'all are pigs. You ever say that? No? Just complain, complain, complain. Or no one gassed it up. I always complain about no gas in the car. 
I'll be there in a minute. And then you complain as you're pulling out of your driveway because your, I'll use your words, stupid neighbor is doing something stupid. I know you would never say that. That's why I said it for you. Right? Oh, honey, he's so dumb. I tell you what, if he had rocks for brains, he'd be dangerous. Well, you're complaining. I'm not making light of it. Now, we laugh because it's kind of funny. (laughs) But the Lord's displeased by it, isn't he? And the Lord hears every complaint. We're almost to church. (laughs) And then you get going on a church and you settle into a spiritual mindset. And once again, you're thankful that the Lord didn't kill you yet. So then you begin complaining about the price of gas because you pass the gas station. I can't. Do you see where that went? I'm telling you, that is so ridiculous. You got gas in the car, don't you? You're going to church. What are you worried about? It's going to go up and down like a yo-yo for the next attorney until we get out of here. You complain about the price of gas. And then you get behind someone... Driving slow. And you're complaining about them. And then they get out of the way, finally, and someone passes you going about 90. And now you're complaining about them. Well, they must be on their phone. Right? Isn't that what we do? No, this might not be you every time, just every other time, right? And then they run the yellow. I can't believe that. I'll tell you, did you get that license? I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to call that in right now. And you just complain. Everyone on the road's an idiot but you until you text and are off the road and in the road and outside the road. Man, that got quiet. That was really awkward, wasn't it? Where are you at? Oh, we're almost at church. And then you complain about how the car is running. And then you complain about how loud the kids are being in the car. You can't concentrate. You can't think. Would you just shut up for a minute? And then you complain about how people don't seem to want to come to church anymore. But you haven't offered to go pick anybody up. But no one wants to come to church no more. But you don't come for the evening service or Wednesday service. But nobody really wants to come anymore. You know, if that preacher of ours, if he was just a little bit nicer. And you finally make it to church. Thank the Lord. Man, you got me in purgatory, preacher. That's complaining. It displeases the Lord. And he hears every single one of them. I'm guilty. And so are you. Well, the preacher, he gets to, he gets to preaching. And you complain about how fast he goes. I tell you what, that preacher, he just needs to slow down. That preacher, he turns passages so many times. I can never keep up with him. What does he think I am? Alexander Scorby? And I don't know about them passages he's using. I'm not sure if he's got that dispensationally correct. And you know that pre- I, I think he's targeting me. Well, if you're here, yeah, you're the target. Amen. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're targeting me. Yeah, you're here. I thought you came for preaching, right? 
I mean, you didn't come for preaching, right? You didn't come for like, you know. And you complain because brother or sister so-and-so didn't talk to you. And I just say this in all seriousness and fun and games aside, the Lord hears every complaint that you got. And just ain't none too happy about it. And I put that all in front of you because it's so easy to gloss over your own faults. It's easy to gloss over what you do so much of. And I don't know what you complain about. Aren't you glad? Because that list would have been a lot more interesting, wouldn't it? I'm only giving you lists from the Evans home. <laughs> but if I was to have lists from everybody else's home, man, that, that, this thing would be like, you know, America's not so funniest home video. Well, we got to go somewhere. You're complaining, number one, it displeases the Lord. He hears every time you do it, number two. And number three, quite frankly, now when you complain, well, I just makes the Lord angry. See the things building in the passage, in the same verse. Look at verse one, and when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. That's less than angry. And the Lord heard it, and His anger was kindled. Can I tell you, sometimes the Lord's very gracious with me. He's very gracious with you. He's very long-suffering with you. But let me tell you what, that thing ain't always going to hold out the way it is. I knew this one thing about the old man growing up. He'd take quite a bit of foolishness from me, but every once in a while, I got on the end of that thing, and he'd haul me in, and he'd haul me to the woodshed. And you and I serve a God that chastens his children. And why it's so difficult to recognize chastening in 2022 because we now have two generations that never got their hind end whooped as a kid. And you know I'm telling you the truth. I knew when my parents were upset with me. Why? They showed it with love and correction. I didn't have to wonder if mama was upset with me. I didn't have to wonder if daddy was mad at me. I didn't have to wonder if I was grounded or getting my tail end whooped. So we've been talking a lot on Wednesday night and Sunday night about suffering. Some of that stuff you deal with is not suffering. Some of that stuff the Lord's taking you to the woodshed because you won't quit your complaining. That's why I'm bringing it up. You've got to be able to differentiate between the two. Is the Lord just flat out fed up with me and my mouth and my actions and my attitude? Or am I suffering for Jesus Christ? No, you're suffering because you won't shut up and you keep complaining. We're doing all right this morning. This stuff's got to come out. <clears throat> I'm sure glad we don't live in the Old Testament. Somebody say amen. Because we need to finish the verse there. Verse 1 says, And the fire of the Lord burnt among them. Aren't you glad we're under grace? <laughs> you know where I'm going because the old preacher said this, If you weren't under grace, you'd be underground. I mean, the things the Lord wiped out His children for in the Old Testament, y'all would be dead a long time ago. Thank God for grace. But let me tell you what, the Lord's not always going to spare. And spiritually speaking, <laughs> I preach a message of this in Monticello, Florida. Spiritually speaking, the Lord's fixing to burn some of your spiritual houses down. Why? Because you keep complaining. You say where? That's the judgment seat of Christ. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, Look to yourself that you receive a full reward. You stand before Jesus Christ, and He gets ready to get those six dump truck loads of rewards to you. And He says, Oh, by the way, Gabriel, get that stuff out of here. Why? Because they complain their entire Christian life, and they're, now they're not going to get it. I just want to see what you had coming. Look to yourself that you receive a full reward. 
And of course, you know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 3 verse 13, the Bible says, Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it. You're standing at the judgment seat of Christ, and you have the opportunity to put up gold, silver, and precious stone, or wood, hay, and stubble. A lot of Christians are going to be standing up there with just mounds of wood, hay, and stubble. What is that? Complaints? Complaining? I'm telling you this morning, eternity depends upon, your rewards depend upon your complaining. I sure am glad I don't live in the Old Testament. But what you and I need to get a hold of this morning is that your complaining on a daily basis is kindling the anger of Almighty God on a daily basis. And it's getting more kindled, and He's getting more angry, and He's going to wear you out over that thing. I'm looking at a church this morning full of people that make God angry. And every time you complain, you make the Lord angry. Where did I leave off? I left off at the church house complaining about brother or sister so-and-so. Remember that? And the preaching, the pace, the progress, and all that stuff. The passages. Well, then, let's say you go to the restaurant after the service. And you complain because the food's cold. Right? Every time I come here, it's cold. Well, why do you keep going back? And, uh, well, then the waitress, you know, she's just kind of taking her time. She's not really refilling your coffee. Not, not this sister. She's really good at it. She's not refilling your Diet Coke for the eighth time. <laughs> Amen? That's funny right there, even if I say that. And then you go home and complain about what? The lion's losing again? That might be justifiable. And then you complain because you can't take a nap. Because your stomach hurt. Because you ate too much at the buffet. Or else you get to take a nap. And then you complain because you slept too long. Because now you ain't going to sleep tonight. Is that how that goes? Right? I mean, if six of one half does the other. See, now you all getting mad at me. See, it was funny at the beginning. Now you just wanted me to shut up or something. And just on and on like a rain that never stops. I haven't even scratched the surface with some of your most in intimate complaints with each other, and I won't. But the Lord is angry with many of you right now, and you don't even realize that I'm almost done. I told you this was going to be some reproof. You understand it. You get it. You're seeing it. You're like, okay, okay, fine, fine, put me in jail, okay. What do I got to do? Okay, well, listen, every time you complain about your pet peeves, because everybody's got them, right? I mean, I mean, you might be that one person that loves to crunch really loud, but I guarantee your spouse don't like that, right? So what do you do? Oh, you just go crunch loud on purpose. I think that's just as bad, man. <laughs> but every time you complain about your pet peeves, Every time you complain about the brethren, every time you complain about the preaching, every time you complain about the government, your family, every time you complain about your job, your financial predicament, every time you complain about your neighbor's dog squatting in your yard, it makes the Lord angry. Now, some of y'all are so full of yourself right now, you're about ready to throw up. You say, why? I'm going to tell you why. Because this book is revealing you to yourself. And when I read this book, I don't like it either. And verse 1 says, God's people complained, it displeased the Lord, the Lord heard it, and it made them angry. That's all the message is. 
It's not some super spiritual equation to satisfaction and purpose in the Christian life. It's quit complaining. Well, I got to I got to leave you better than we found it. Amen. You're like, thank the Lord, my goodness. I got to leave you better than I found you this morning. Your complaining has a remedy. It's found in verse 2 and 3. You got to look for it though. Numbers 11.2, Bible says, And the people cried unto Moses, and Moses prayed unto the Lord. The fire was quenched. Verse 3, And he called the name of the place Taborah, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. All right, number one, you need to get a hold of the Lord this morning. Now, you don't need to get a hold of Moses or the preacher. That's Old Testament. You go right to Jesus Christ. There's one God and one mediator, the man Christ Jesus, right? You don't go to Mary. You don't go to me. You don't go to some guru, some hole in the wall. You go right to Jesus Christ this morning. The remedy for your complaining is, all right, yeah, I'm guilty. Now get a hold of the Lord, first of all. You see that? Moses is praying. You've got to get a hold of the Lord. Number one, get a hold of the Lord this morning. I'm giving the message. Now you need to meet with him. Number two, you need to learn to complain to him alone. I only told the half the truth this morning. I told you I was preaching. Because your problem is, is you complain to everybody else. You're supposed to complain to him. Can I show you that? Psalm 142. Take your Bible, go to Psalm 142. I'll help you this morning if you let me. I ain't very smart, but I'll do the best I can to help you. The problem is not necessarily your complaint, but who you're complaining to. You're complaining to your wife, she can't do nothing about it. You're complaining to your husband, you know that idiot's never going to change. I'm sorry, uh, uh, knight in shining armor. Amen? You've been married that long? He ain't going to change. She ain't going to change. Matter of fact, now, why would you want her to change? Because if she changed, you're in trouble. But it's not you're complaining, it's who you're complaining to. Psalm 142. Bible says, I cried unto the Lord my voice. With my voice in the Lord did I make my supplication. Verse 2. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed him my trouble. You see that? You know who you and I need to complain to today? Jesus Christ. It's okay to complain to him. Think how things would be different in your Christian life right now if you'd learn to complain to him. See, he's the only one that understands. You tell her she ain't going to get it. You tell him, he's like, whatever, woman. You tell the waitress, she don't care anyways. Right? You tell all of your political friends, they can't change the gas prices. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. You got to learn to complain to him. You got to learn to complain to the right person this morning. Number one, get a hold of the Lord. Number two, learn to complain to Him alone. And can I tell you finally, number three, in Numbers chapter 11, verse 3, you and I need to recognize and name the places where we complain that makes the Lord angry. See, Moses named that place Tabra because the fire burnt among them. You know what you need to do today? You need to arrange the meeting with Jesus Christ. Go ahead and complain to Him and then learn to recognize and name the places where you're a cotton-picking complainer. And quit it. And keep taking it to him. What is it, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6? 
Bible says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. That's the message this morning. The Lord's tired of your complaining to each other. He wants you to complain to Him. And that's where it needs to start. Now that's the message loud and clear. It's about your complaint. Miss Kern's going to come and play something sweet on the organ since I couldn't preach sweet. And I'm going to ask you to do something as your pastor. I'm going to ask you to come to this altar, if you can, and ask the Lord to help you with your complaining. Now I'm going to tell you this. I don't expect anyone to come. You say, why? Americans are too proud to admit they're wrong. But that's the message. I wish it were sweeter. I wish it were kinder. I wish it was nicer. I wish it was gentler, but it ain't. You've been complaining this week, and the Lord's calling you out. So as the organ plays, why don't you just mind the Lord and do what He says? You take care of business as He tells you. I just want to give you an opportunity this morning to go ahead and complain to Him the right way. It's not your complaining, it's who you're complaining to. Are you willing to come talk to the Lord this morning? That's the message. The Lord heard it. 